This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. I'm a food blogger with a passion for cooking and empowering others is what drives me. Here are a few things you may not know about me. I'm legally blind. I have retinitis pigmentosa, a degenerative eye disease. I smile all the time. To me, cooking is about people, and food brings people together. So join me in the kitchen, and let's get cooking. So today, we are talking with Laura O'Brien. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. Good Um, to hear. Thank you for taking the time and chatting with me today. My pleasure. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Laura. Currently, I live in a little town in uh, Ontario, which has been a big change for me because we were kind of in the GTA. I've been probably cooking or baking since I was 12 or 14 years old. And uh, I started off life with a little bit of partial sight. And I lost the remainder of my sight in my early 20s. I was born with uh, albinism. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. But I was also born a blue baby. So the cord was, uh, umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck. So I had further optic nerve damage. As I progressed into my my teens and into my 20s, I lost the remainder of my sight in about... About 10 years ago, I started getting infections, eye infections again. I had one eye removed, and I probably might get my other eye removed. So far, I've been stable with that, and uh, not a lot of uh, uh, discomforts or infections that I was experiencing before. So with cooking, why, I mean, do you prefer cooking, baking, both, um, and why do you do it? Is it something that you have a passion for? I think it's more of a, a passion, and it's nice to feed people. And feel gratified when you when you make something when you go to all that trouble, and uh, they enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, I really like it. I find it uh, it's it's almost therapeutic for me because it kind of takes your your mind off whatever you're thinking. That is, my mind tends to race all the time. I'm always ten steps ahead of myself, so I find that when I'm concentrating on you know just putting ingredients together and hoping for the best and hoping it turns out and uh, doing that and then serving it. It's, it's, it's really gratifying sometimes. What about you? Uh, why do I do it? I actually did uh, cooking. It was therapy for me. So I yeah. enjoyed cooking. It was something that I've always done. I mean, I'm Italian. We grew up around food. Everything was done and discussed. And we've always, always congregated to a table with food, coffee, drinks, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so food's always been a part of my life and a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, um, I think I started focusing more on because my eyesight began deteriorating and I focused more on what I was losing mm-hmm. and how can I hide this. And then I started pulling away from the kitchen and things that I, I enjoy doing. Right. And then finally, when my eyesight got to a point where, you know, I, I just, I was done. That's it. I'm tired of living a lie. This is who I am. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. It happened to me. And, uh, eyesight has gotten worse um I started using the kitchen as therapy so I began Mm -hmm. again and it helped me and I noticed that after the first meal it helped me regain my independence my confidence right that's exactly that's actually how I started was just Mm -hmm. literally to to kind of build my self-esteem and it's where I don't need help I can do it on my own yeah there's yeah. that, that feeling of the independence where you want to feel like yeah. you still yeah. have that. And we do. Yeah. Yeah. 
We do, but there are things we had to give up. Mm-hmm. So the kitchen just eliminates that. Yeah, it's kind of a control thing too because there are so many things you can't control when you're blind or visually impaired. Absolutely. Whereas you're, you're in the kitchen, you can control how much time or sage you want to put into a recipe. And, uh, you know, it gives you a better better feeling of balancing balancing things out in your life sometimes just by concentrating on, you know, cooking and creating and, you know, and you that sort to, of thing. You get to eat what you create. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, sometimes too much, but uh, I think that's true of everybody. Oh, I can, I can relate to that. We've got our rapid fire segment. Okay. I'll ask you, Laura, a series of questions, about five of them to be exact, and mm-hmm. uh, give you very little time to respond. Question number one, what's your favorite ingredient to cook with? Oh, um, uh, uh, paprika. <laughs> Perfect. What would be the scariest ingredient to work with? Oh, an unknown spice that I don't know the name of, <laughs> that I can't pronounce the name of right now. All right. What's your favorite yeah. kitchen gadget? My KitchenAid mixer. What's your favorite meal of the day and why? Breakfast because I find that if I eat a half decent breakfast, I'm I'm good for a long time afterwards. I don't even always have lunch because I just feel so full from breakfast. Final question. What's your food guilty pleasure? My food guilty pleasure. <laughs> I don't know if potato chips are considered an actual food. <laughs> We'll take that because I love potato chips as well. I uh, yeah, I, I I yeah, potato chips, jujubes, all those things that you really shouldn't consume, but they just it's just nice to get to have a little joy in the day sometimes. <laughs> just you know, you're a little stressed, so I'll just sit at the kitchen table and just smash potato chips into my mouth for five minutes and I'll feel much better. So. Five minutes, I give you credit. I usually go for about a half hour. So the best one. Now, you mentioned that when you were younger, you started in the kitchen. I guess, I think you said you were about 13, 14? Yeah, between 12 and 14, yeah. 12 and 14. Yeah. Do you, can you remember you know, what your first experience was like in the kitchen? Well, I was uh, probably under the, the guided control of my mother. Um, but I know that uh, um, she used to let me, you know, she help her do things like help her bake a cake. My mother wasn't into a lot of... Uh, uh, baking, but um, I did like to partake in even the serving part because she would let me do things like scoop the mashed potatoes out onto, onto the plates and help serve. And um, I was always asking her, you know, what she was doing. And you know, my mother was kind of the per- type of person that would say, you know, oh, you just put a just put a little bit of this in or a little bit of that. And there was never any guide as to how much of what she was putting in anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I, I found that uh, yeah. It, it was something that was interesting. Yeah. That's my favorite way to cook. That's how I learned. Pinch of this, handful of that, measure oil in a wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, uh, sometimes even if, you know, I ask my husband, well, can you measure out a quarter cup of this? Because I have raised wines, but they're on the outside of the measuring cup. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much know a quarter cup is four tablespoons or whatever. But sometimes if he's around, I'll just say, well, just make it easier for me. Just give me a quarter cup and he's he's being very very precise and everything and I'm like it doesn't have to be precise it just pour it in there and if there's enough liquid in there if there's not enough liquid pour more liquid in and hopefully <laughs> things will turn out so oh exactly 
Okay, now you mentioned that you, know, you do a lot of cooking, you love to cook for people. Um, right. Are there any stories that you can share for either, you know, people with their best reactions to some of your baked goods or meals, and maybe one or two that mm, were all right, but just didn't get the reaction you had expected? Uh, well, I, 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 my baking, I usually get a good reaction. Um, just because I toss out anything that I'm not happy with. Um, and my, my, if my husband finds out about it later, he'll, he'll come back and I say, well, I smell chocolate. What did you bake? And I said, nothing. I pitched it. He'll say, what would you do that for? Um, yeah. So I'm happy when I get a good reaction from, um, my cakes or my cookies. And I usually get pretty good reactions from, um, my oatmeal cookies because I don't, I don't use all the spices that the original recipe I was using for years recommends. I changed them up over the years. And uh, the final, I found out a lot of people really don't like cinnamon um, in, uh, in, in oatmeal cookies. So I stopped using cinnamon and I substituted ginger and nutmeg um, instead. And some of the worst reactions. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, there's so many things that have happened. <laughs> One time I, um, I had a German Shepherd dog and I had company for dinner and I had the cake out on the counter beside me to my left and I just was running the water, rinsing a few dishes and getting ready to get the little plates out to serve the cake on. And I just kind of uh, just turned to my left to grab the cake and realized that the German shepherd was up on his hind legs taking a big honk and <laughs> right out of the cake. So I just thought, Oh, I don't have time to bake another cake or anything. I'm just going to cut this off. <laughs> so I did, and I served it anyways. I thought, I'm not saying nothing. And they all now know. <laughs> they all now know, yeah, yeah. And there was a turkey that made all the sizzling noises because I had neglected to take the plastic bag out of the, the inside. <laughs> I didn't know until, you know, I took it out of the oven. I thought when I opened the oven, it was the first time I cooked a turkey that... It's supposed to make that noise, isn't it? <laughs> so I think I think I've done that as well. <laughs> or the other time I had company that was actually over the weekend company, and you know, it's like, oh, I got a roast beef. I'm just gonna put it in the oven because I learned how to use the clock on the oven now, and I know how to do it. And we're gonna go out, and you know, we had a few things we we're gonna do out, and I'll just put it in the oven and turn the clock on, and it's gonna be you know done by the time we get back, and. We came back and the oven was cold and we ended up ordering pizza because it would have taken hours for that to uh, to bake and you know there's oh my god you know some when I've accidentally used uh, <laughs> you know I'm trying to bake or do something and and it's like okay oh yeah I'm listening to you I'm listening to you yeah because somebody's talking to me in the background and. I realized that I put probably like a quarter cup of salt in there and was really supposed to put a tablespoon in because I thought, no, I didn't put it in yet. No, I didn't. And I just keep adding to it. It just <laughs> gets sidetracked. But now I have Google and I ask her to, okay, I'm Google, <laughs> don't forget, I put my salt in this. I put the eggs in. I put the sugar in. So, yeah. So I do, I do that now. There are many things that I enjoy about cooking. Mm -hmm. Some that I do not. I mean, me, it's about the dishes. If I can have someone there to do my dishes, I'm happy. Uh, yeah. What about the kitchen or what about cooking? 
is it that you like the most and what do you like the least? Well, like you, I don't like the cleanup because cleanup seems to take longer than the actual cooking project <laughs> takes to do. I mean, it's always longer. It's more involved because you have to retrace your steps to everything you touched and <laughs> wipe it down again repeatedly. And I, I think I've mentioned before that even days later, if I've made a cake, I'll find icing in places I didn't think it was possible to get frosting on. I mean, you know, even the back of my dog. <laughs> walk around the house and my husband said did you know there's a big clump of icing on a nook's back <laughs> no <laughs> she must have been in you know been in the the radar range when i was transferring you know something to something and she didn't um, mind she was saving it for later <laughs> yeah 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 so sometimes when i'm um you know the 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 really hot stuff that you're doing like it's just the the transferring of a really hot liquid like boiling water or, you know, rinsing something out. It's just using extra caution to make the transfer point the three steps over from the stove to the sink mm -hmm. without scalding yourself. Right. Um, some of the other dangers, I mean, it's, you know, I've tried so many different kinds of um, oven gloves, oven mitts, and always being extra cautious and, you know, trying your best, doing your due diligence, but it's still, you know, I'll just, I'll just think, oh, I can just stick my hand in the oven and I want to test the top top of a cake to see if it's going to spring back or not. And I'll hit the burn, you know, I'll hit the rack and get a little burn, that sort of thing. But those are our, are all part and parcel of cooking blind. So you know, it's just things you get used to. And um, I think for me, sometimes trying out a new recipe can be a bit anxiety, you know, anxiety attack time because you're not gonna you're not sure if it's gonna taste really good i mean it may be taste great to you but it might not taste great to everybody else so it's kind of that anxiety i kind of hope everybody likes it and hope they're polite enough polite enough just to not say anything if they don't like it so you know, that sort of thing so yeah i mean i i love doing a big you know the big holiday dinners um for family um <clears throat> And that's never really been something that I dreaded doing because it seems to be down to, you know, you get it down to a science after doing it for so many years. And you're Italian, you must have, you must have an encyclopedia in your head of all kinds of different Italian dishes. And that's something I really, I really admire that, you know, somebody that's Italian that does so much cooking, you know? I do. I do. And a lot of um, what my aunts, my dad, what I've learned from my mom at a very young age, when well, my mom passed away when I was about 13. Oh, but, sorry. Yeah. But what I did learn from her stuck, which is interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I always cook with her in the kitchen. Right. And so, yeah, I do. I have a lot of recipes. But what I enjoy doing most is, is converting a lot of them that were higher in fat, maybe, uh, to a healthier version of them. Something with a little less fat, but the flavoring's all there. I was actually went on your website, Kitchen Confessions, and I want to try your chickpea patties. Yeah, they sound really good. They're they're actually a huge hit with um, my nieces. They, oh really? Yeah. Every time a post goes up, or they'll hear anything chickpea. Oh okay. Are you maybe the chickpea patties? Uh, <laughs> they place their order. So do you, do you usually use canned chickpeas or do you buy them dry and soak them overnight and boil them the next day? I or? both. Uh -huh. um, but I'm going to be honest. I use the can as long as you rinse them thoroughly. 
you're fine. Yeah. Fine. I mean, the, the products are great that are out there now. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. We are talking with Laura O'Brien. What about cooking inspires you? Well, I think the inspiration for me comes from the gratification I get when other people enjoy it. It's nice to feed people. And um, uh, I mentioned before that once a month we have a, a group that meets here. Everybody's blind and, you know, the membership seems to be growing. It started off when I first started going three years ago, it was only about 16 people that would show up every month. Now it's like 24 or more people and more people are moving into this area. So I, you know, I'll bake for them and uh, different times I'll try different, not try different things. I'll try tried and true things on them. So they know it's not going to, it's not going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And that, that seems to be it too. Like if you're planning to cook a meal or something and, I, I think I always rely on my standbys because I'm I'm kind of reluctant to try something that I haven't tried myself because you want to make sure that it's it's going to turn out okay. And I think I'm I'm really critical of my baking and my cooking, my own baking and cooking, where other people, um, you know, they say they really enjoy it, but I, I get a lot of gratification from people that uh, um, you say they enjoy what enjoy what you've done, and I'm always trying to find new ways to cook for people or you know, share, share recipes, share, share ideas, share inspirations. There's that whole social aspect. Social. Yeah. Yeah. It is a social plane when you're all gathered together and everybody's blind and nobody cares if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if your meatballs are a little too well done or, um, you know, things like that. It's just enjoying the time together, enjoying the meal. (laughs) I mean, and one of the other things that I really meal, uh, prepping my meals, Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, sometimes it's just so time consuming. I wish, you know, like the, the prep fairy would come and just chop everything up for me. But I, I usually have a little routine that I do that, that helps me prep. Is there anything that you do? Like, yeah, I do the, basically the same thing after a grocery shop. When I have all my fresh produce, I will spend a long time cutting things up and putting them into Tupperware containers, um, chopping up onion and, and lettuce and celery and carrots and all that sort of stuff so when I want to make a salad or if I want to you know do some veggies they're already washed they're in separate containers I just got to get them out of the fridge and and cook them yeah and and preparation yeah utensils make a big difference in your life sometimes the right utensil I mean I think I've spent my lifetime trying to find the perfect frying pan and the test for me is if Scrambled eggs don't stick to it. It's a really good frying pan. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I think I finally found one. It's an, an enamel um, enamel frying pan. Yes. And I found that's the best out of all the frying pans I've tried. And I've tried them all. I've tried uh, cast iron, which is really good for some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, stainless steel and the rock and the green frying pan and the tea fowl flying frying frying pans and but the enamel one I find is uh turning out to be one of the best frying pans I've ever owned it is one little tip though do not spray any type of uh you know like the pam or anything oh, yeah. or something yeah. on it it'll actually yeah. ruin that uh, non-stick coating yeah yeah I pretty much a purist when it comes to that mm-hmm. um I use uh vegetable oil or shortening or olive oil or whatever mm-hmm. um and it's the same thing when you're, you know, when you're baking things, if you have the right, <laughs> I don't know how many, I think I have 10 
cookie sheets in my cupboard trying to find yes. the one that works the best. I know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we go to Costco. And last time we went to Costco, I said, well, get that big thing of parchment paper because I go through so much of it. And mm -hmm. parchment paper is my friend. It really saves a lot of time and cleanup. Um, even if you're doing, you know, chicken on a, a cookie sheet mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, roasting roasting potatoes, sliced up or chopped up potatoes on a, on a cookie sheet in the oven with a little bit of oil. Um, to me, they taste a lot like home fried. They do. Yeah. With parchment paper. I mean, I love parchment paper, but when you're setting it in the oven with a higher temp, mm -hmm. over 400, the longer you bake it in there, yeah, your paper can actually catch fire. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, again, I speak from experience. Yes. Um, yeah. And so yes. I tend to, I know that if it's above 400 and I'm keeping it in there probably longer than 20 minutes, I can't yeah. switch it up with aluminum foil or something. What about the silicone mats? Have you tried them? I have, I have, but if I'm doing something like, um, roasting the vegetables, mm -hmm. just that oil on the silicone mat, mm -hmm. it takes forever to get off that mat. So oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I put it directly on the actual pan. Mm -hmm. I just get myself a great nonstick baking sheet and rim yeah. and then just do it onto there. You fry anything? No, I'm not a big frying. Um, I don't own a deep fryer. I've never really experimented with deep frying. Just, just really hot grease and maybe don't seem to be a good equation to put, to try to, to solve. So I just think, no, I don't think I, anything stovetop that requires either, um, a pan to cook with because I noticed that when, when I talk to a lot of people, they usually have a preference either when you're baking rice or uh, sauteed vegetables. They mm -hmm. usually have a preference whether it's uh, when you're visually impaired, whether it's a actual low sided frying pan or a stock pot to use because the stock pot has the sides, the higher sides, yes. so it, it prevents it from spilling over and it's less clean yeah. for us. But I'm yeah. wondering if you if you had any um, tips on that. Well, it's just my husband and I in the house now, and he is, I think he's allergic to vegetables because he really <laughs> is not the kind, he's a meat and potato guy. And, uh, if I, if I make anything, I have to promise that I don't put a lot of spices in it and I don't do this to the, and don't do that. Why do you need celery if it absorbs the flavors of all the other things? And why do you bother putting it in anyways? Mm -hmm. Sort of person, but you know, I love them. So I just, the vegetables um, are usually for me, and uh, because it's just me, I I can get away with using. It's a bigger frying pan with a little higher size than the normal, and not a lot of oil. And I do tend to cook things longer at a lower heat to avoid as much splash, you know, because you can get some pretty nasty burns from from grease. Exactly. Um, and and it, well, even yesterday, I mean, I was using a Dutch oven to make my goulash because. I just found it was a lot easier just to throw everything into a great big pot. Mm -hmm. um, once I had, you know, browned, browned the, the hamburger up and, and uh, um, you know, made the sauce. And then I just thought, well, I'm just going to put it in this great big uh, Dutch oven because it's a lot easier to keep it mixed that way. And then when I was finished, it was easier to scoop everything out with a ladle and put it into, you know, Tupperware containers to put in the freezer for later. So, yeah, you do. You do a lot of things like that. Like over when I'm, when I'm baking, I'll use the biggest bowl that I have to sift flour and sugar um, if the recipe requires that because it's just easier that way to get it 
you don't have as much spillover on the sides. So in this segment, we're going to be playing a little game called This or That. Okay. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an op- a choice of two items. In one second, just choose which one first comes to mind. Okay. All right. We'll try it. We'll try with the first one. Savory or sweet? Sweet. <laughs> Baking or cooking? Baking. Eating chili with a spoon or fork? Spoon. <laughs> that one's important. <laughs> soap on a sponge or do you soak your dishes in soapy water? I soak them in soapy water. Jamie Oliver or Bobby Flay? <laughs> Jamie Oliver. Parsley or cilantro? Parsley. Now, do you open? Do you peel a banana from the top <laughs> where the stem is or the bottom? I peel it from the stem, yeah. Yes. Uh, do you eat the apple with the core or do you eat an apple and toss away the core? I toss the core. Snack or no snacks? Snacks. <laughs> Cake or cookies? Cake, um, cookies, yeah. Cookies? Yeah. Tough one here. Mac and cheese or pizza? Oh, dear. Um, probably pizza. Pizza for the win. Okay, so our next segment is true or false. Okay, first question. Can you freestyle with ingredients when baking? No need to measure all ingredients. False. Correct. Baking's a science. It is. So we need to measure everything in order for our actual recipe to work. Yeah, for it actually to work and to hope that it turns out okay. Exactly. Yeah. You can use a pan you like to bake, square, round. It doesn't make a difference. So if the recipe calls for a round pan and all you have is a square, can you use it? Oh, dear. I'd say yes, that's true. You can. Depends on the size. If it's a nine-inch pan round pan and said you needed an eight inch square pan. Um, I think you could probably make do with that. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> Laura had such hopes for this one. Was I incorrect in that one? Yes. Really? Yeah. It's well, I mean, there's some rules that you cannot change. You cannot put an angel food cake in a, in a nine by 13 pan, but you can use a loaf pan. Your angel food cake. The, the like you mentioned actually, you did start mentioning that was that the um, measurements will have to change because the pen is slightly bigger in a square pan, so it's slightly larger. So your measurements have to adjust. Yeah, sure. Okay. Larger pan. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you that was a hat. That was a fifty-fifty. So, okay. All right. Baking soda will last forever. True or false? False. True. What? Yes, I know. I was shocked. Baking soda. Baking soda. Really? When stored in a cool place, and oh, baking okay. soda can last for decades. Really? Yes, decades. I was unaware of that. All I'm right. not doing too well. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Next question. Alcohol bakes off in the oven. Uh, true. This one gets everyone. It's actually false. I'm not doing well, Mary. <laughs> You're doing great. You didn't tell me there was going to be a test. No, I should have sent out the question. I didn't get to study. <laughs> what would it be? I mean, these are all common things everyone should know, and I'm not getting any of them right. So no, okay. no, they're not common. They're not common. Because I actually, before I researched this, I actually did think it did bake off completely. I did too. Turns out 50% of the alcohol does remain within. Yeah, so if you're serving that rum cake, make sure there aren't any little ones around. Next question. Okay. Make a substitute for buttermilk when you're in a bind. 
Make a substitute? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've done that. Lemon juice and milk works. Lemon juice, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I got one, right? That's really good. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting today. I had a great time. I did, too. Perfect. Thanks again, Laura. It was a lot Thank of fun. You. Thank you for listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast. For recipes and foodie finds, head over to kitchenconfession.com. I also want to thank our producer, Wilson Lynn, and remind you to join us next week for more guest kitchen confessions. See you at the next episode.